0: It's that time, the Betting Predators podcast, where main objective is hunting down the best bets for you. I'm your host, Sleepy J. You guys can find me on Twitter at Sleepy J underscore pregame. Joined here by the Basketball Gurus. I got Jay Smoove in the house. You guys can find him on Twitter as well at Smoove underscore 702. And I woke Mackenzie Rivers up out of bed. I said, dude, we're doing a podcast. Me and Smoove, get up, jump on the pod. We need some information. He's like, all right, man, I'll jump on. So you guys can find Mackenzie on Twitter as well. At Mac and Rivers, that is at Mac and Rivers. And you can find us all on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. All right, guys, here we go, NBA Thursday. Before we go ahead and we jump into our Thursday stuff, Mackenzie, what did you think when I sent you that text message when I was like, yo, dude, we're doing the pod, jump on. What what, were you, what was your first thought?
1: I thought of that Eminem song, you know, you got you got some vomit on your mother's sweater, but you know, you have some things to do and you, and you should execute. Because you're you prepared for this moment, and goddamn it, you're good enough. So I gave myself that little pep talk and, and woke myself up. Got some coffee, and now I'm here.
0: I thought it was spaghetti on the sweater.
1: Oh yeah. Well, I mean, I, I thought it was spaghetti, but it, he must have vomited up because you know, in the in the in the movie, that's what happens.
0: Oh, so you were nervous when I texted you. you? Were like, oh, whoa, sleepy big podcast guy? He's like, so you got nervous or something?
1: I mean, it's infamous. It's the podcast of the moment. It's kind of like. Like if Nirvana would call Pearl Jam over in Seattle in like the 80s and it's like they're not big yet. But I mean, they're that's what's happening, you know, right now in Las Vegas in the city of sin, the mecca of sports betting in the world.
0: I like to hear that. That, that makes me feel pretty good. So why don't we jump into some of the Thursday stuff here? Uh, we had some teams that got eliminated from the playoffs and then we have some teams that are still fighting to go ahead and get in there. Uh, we have a pretty extensive card here for tomorrow. We do actually have three picks for you. Mackenzie has one, Smooth has one, and I have one as well. Why don't we go ahead and w- let's talk about the Denver Nuggets and the Minnesota Timberwolves game, Mackenzie? This is one that you were looking at uh, right now. The Denver Nuggets are minus six. They'll be on the road here in Minnesota. Minnesota winning one, two games in a row, surprisingly, but that team's playing rather well. Denver, they're playing pretty well too, seven and three their last ten. Mackenzie, you kind of like a side in this one. What are you thinking?
1: Well, you know me, guys. I love road favorites. I think there's value there because points are becoming less valuable in the NBA as scoring becomes more spurtive, more spurts, and just more in general. The total literally has gone up every single year. In this case, I love the dog because points don't matter. I think they're going to win outright. Minnesota Timberwolves, the Duggets, they're they're kind of – Winning helps. It doesn't really hurt to lose, though. you are going to be three, four, or five. All of those are fine positions for them. The Timberwolves, maybe they should lose. There's a very good argument that they should lose and try to get a better draft pick. But just watching the team, reading the clips, this team's not in that mode right now. They're loving what's happening. And if you look, they should. Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell, 14 and 10 straight up together. That's a playoff team. That's what they've wanted to be for the last 15 years, and they haven't been that. So I think they're all in to win. And I think talent-wise, they're right there with the Nuggets. If you look at who's the best guard, not wing player, so MPJ is out, but who's the best like real guard in this game, it's probably D'Angelo Russell. Might be Anthony Edwards, number two. They don't really have Will Barton or anybody is nowhere really in that class, top-end talent-wise, at the guard position. So that's kind of the edge Minnesota. And then the center cat... Is as talented as Jokic. He hasn't put it all together. He's not as polished, but he's going to want to, you know, have a huge game against the league MVP. So I think the Nuggets may be a little sleepwalkish. I think the Timberwolves are full go. I like the Timberwolves to win plus two hundred. I will bet some on the plus six, but I also think look at alternative lines like minus two and a half, plus two fifty, something like that. I think is has a lot of value as well.
0: Spoof you and I had talked about Denver. Oh, maybe it was like a week ago. Maybe it was even two weeks ago. And we felt like Murray, you know, leaving that team, you know, really dropped them down. So, you know, listen to what McKenzie said, um, that he feels like, you know, Minnesota is pretty much, you know, even steaming with that team. Now, Denver's been pretty good. They've won, as I mentioned, seven out of their last 10 games. But since Murray's been out, you know, they really haven't been a hot mess, you know, from from when you and I talked smooth. But, you know, what are you seeing right now with Denver? How are you feeling about them? you know, as they approach, I mean, they're, they're going to be in, in the playoffs, obviously they're either going to be a three or four seat, but you know, what do you make of Denver right now?
2: Yeah, I think they've been playing, you know, pretty well since Murray's been out. Um, And one of the biggest reasons for that is, you know, Michael Porter Jr. Stepping up with his game and his production. I think he's averaging about 25, you know, plus points since Murray's been out and, you know, Jokic, um, you know, he does play a little bit of that point guard role, when Murray went down. So he, uh, you know, increased that role as well. And um, they did pick up Austin rivers. So um, they, they had a lot of, you know, contributions that, you know, uh, has helped them, you know, not play as bad as I anticipated them to play. But I think this is a bad spot, a lot like McKenzie said for them. Um, you know, I do like, you know, the combination that T will throw out there with Carl Anthony towns, D'Angelo Russell, And uh, Anthony Edwards, who's, you know, coming on strong, even though that, you know, Rookie of the Year trophy seems like it's wrapped up to LaMelo Ball. But, you know, they're playing over 500 ball, you know, with those three guys out there under that new head coach, uh, Chris Finch, that came from Toronto. So, yeah, I I agree with McKenzie. You know, I think this is a spot that the t Wolves could get them. You know, just looking over their last 10 games, you know, they've been really competitive. The most that they lost by was nine points to the Heat. I think this could be a tough spot for for uh, for Denver. I kind of agree with you
0: guys on this one. You know, if you take a look at what Denver has remaining for the rest of the year, they do have three road games right in a row. And they're a game and a half back right now from the Clippers who, you know, they, they also have three games on the road here in a row, but they're against, you know, some, some crummy teams. Denver still has to go up against Portland. They do have to play Minnesota. And then, the, you know, they're going to get probably a layup against Detroit. But it just seems like, It seems to me like it's going to be extremely tough for Denver to go ahead and catch the Clippers, which that would move them, you know, into the three seed. I think Denver maybe might be looking a little bit ahead here at at the schedule and the scheduling spot right here isn't exactly the greatest. So um, Mackenzie, I would agree with you. Minnesota probably on the money line uh, might be the way to go. And if you ask me, I think that you stack these two teams up, you know, especially in the backcourt. I don't think it's I don't think it's close. I think Minnesota. Uh, is probably a far better squad. Smooth, you we were talking about the Knicks. Now, they had a tough game. Obviously, they played at the Lakers. They lost a heartbreaker there. They give everything they had. And they're going to be at home here, which is going to be, you know, a help for them. They're going to be minus four and a half. They're going to be going up against San Antonio Spurs. Spurs went ahead. They played the Nets. Smooth, you and I went ahead. We gave out the Spurs yesterday. We thought that that was, you know, a pretty good spot for them. And uh, it didn't turn out to be the case. You know, the Nets came out, they played well, Harden back in the the lineup, Harden had a pretty good game, uh, 18 points, I think he had like 11 assists and seven rebounds, so he showed up, uh, came off the bench, Durant didn't really look all that good, but it was the Nets, you know, role players who actually stepped up in that game. I was surprised that the Spurs played that bad, and I wonder how they're going to play, you know, with a back-to-back situation here, you know, catching four and a half points, so we talked a little bit about this game, Knicks and
2: Spurs. As I mentioned, Knicks minus four and a half. What do you think it's smooth for that one? Yeah, I'm liking the, the New York Knicks. Uh, one thing that also happened um, over there, the last couple of games, they, they lost against the Lakers, but they did clinch a playoff spot with, I um, uh, forgot who lost tonight, but they got in, you know, they're not going to be, um, they have a, a chance to get into that, you know, four seed still. And, you know, getting back into the garden, I think they're going to have a lot of motivation or a lot of uh, um, a lot of motivation, you know, getting back in the garden because they're going to be in the playoffs for the first time since, you know, 2013. Uh, I think the last home game they had about close to 2000 fans in there. So I think it might sound close to five or 10,000, you know, with the excitement going through the garden. And, you know, this is a good spot that I like to bet against teams on You know, the Spurs are going to be in playing the second night of a back-to-back, you know, third game in four nights. They've been struggling a lot, you know, lately, you know, on the defensive end. And, you know, one thing kind of underestimated when we gave them out tonight against the Nets is, you know, that was their first game, you know, after their, you know, offensive eruption, you know, over, you know, the Bucks. So they kind of came back down to earth a little bit against the Nets. They tried to make a game of it late, but Pop pulled out his starters, you know, pretty early pretty early on in the fourth quarter so I'm, a, I'm I'm guessing you know him making that move they're going to try to throw everything that they can into this game because you know one more win you know they're in are in the playing situation but I just think it'll just be a lot of you know buzz going on in the garden you know too much for them to overcome and you know guys like Julius Randle and you know I think Derrick Rose you know he was a little bit banged up but I would expect him to play if not you know I think they'll still have enough to uh get by the Spurs by more than, you know, four and a half points.
0: Yeah, I don't know, man, about the Spurs. They're going to come in here motivated. They kind of have to. They know if they win, they're in. They'll end up knocking the Kings out. Why don't we throw this one at McKenzie? Because Smoove and I had talked a lot about coach of the year. And Thibodeau, you know, was right now sitting at around two to one. Monte Williams at around minus 175. So, McKenzie, I'll throw this in your direction. If you had to pick one or the other, Williams or Thibodeau, to be coach of the year, which guy would you go ahead and pick?
1: To bet on to who I think is gonna win or if I'm if I'm selecting and I'm voting. Uh let's why don't you do the bet first and then tell me who, who you would pick. I would scoop up the money with Monte Williams if you see anything like minus two hundred or anything like that. Uh for whatever reason, you just, these things just once the vibe is in one direction, you can kind of get a sense of the temperature in the room. I'd vote for Tibbs though. Uh Monte Williams, you know, has Helped that franchise improve and solidify into a real franchise over the last, you know, couple years. But Tom Thibodeau came into a place that was the worst team in the league, didn't get any new players, and now they have a better record than the defending champion Los Angeles Lakers. So see it's an easy decision to me. Like the you just look at net improvement, New York Knicks, Tom Thibodeau, give the man his credit. I don't think he's gonna win a playoff series, unfortunately, because of you know the way he pushes people to make the regular season as much as it can be. I don't think he's going to beat the Hawks for that reason, one of the reasons, but if that happens, but I would vote for him for Coach of the Year. Yeah, I kind of don't have,
0: I kind of don't want to say that it would be one or the other. I feel like both are really deserving. I don't know. I don't know where I would go.
1: What's the case for Monty Williams if we're also going to make the case for Chris Paul for MVP? Like, what did he do besides, you know, write the, or not even him, but... Accept Chris Paul into his team. If Chris Paul's the MVP, Monte Williams can't be Coach of the Year.
2: I think they kind of have a, a similar storyline or narrative when they, when both teams, you know, coming into the league started up. I don't think a lot of people expected the Knicks to be a top five or top six team in the, for the playoffs, and I don't think a lot of people expected the Suns to have a shot at getting the number one overall seed in the Western Conference. I you know a lot of people were looking at either the Lakers, Clippers, you know, Nuggets, or even the Jazz, but. For them to go to, you know, playing playing well in the bubble last year, but still missing the playoffs, to you know being at the top of the Western Conference, it's kind of like a you know a similar narrative for the Knicks and Thibodeau. So I think that would be, um, you know, Chris Paul gets a, a credit for that as well, but I think you also have to look at Monty Williams as well too.
1: They're both deserving, in my opinion. They're both good, you know deserving winners.
0: Yeah, I would. I think both guys deserve a vote. Um, in some way, shape, or form. I don't know. My gut feeling is Monty Williams is probably the the right way to bet. I just think Thibodeau has far less to work with. The fact that they're in the sixth seed, I think, that that's, uh, I think that's rather impressive. Why don't we talk a little bit more about the Knicks, though? I mean, we saw what they did against the Lakers. Let's just say they get the sixth seed or something like that, and they got to play, you know, the Milwaukee Bucks. Now, they do have a chance to go ahead and move into, you know, the four or the five. But let's just say, you know, we could just answer this. Are they going to beat the Bucs, McKenzie?
1: The New York Knickerbockers are not going to beat the Milwaukee Bucks. In my opinion, that would be a sweep, very much like Milwaukee-Detroit, you know, a couple of years ago.
2: I think it be tougher than a sweep or even a five-game series. Um, just for the simple fact that, you know, Tom Thibodeau's, um hangs his hat on the defensive end, and that's really the biggest reason why the Knicks are in the position where they're, where they're at, you know, they've had the number one, you know, one of the top defenses, you know, all year, whether you're looking at, you know, either rank them first, second, or third, they've been pretty much there all year. And, you know, a couple of things that we've seen, you know, from the Bucks and Giannis in the playoffs is that they've struggled, you know, against, you know, elite defenses that can can build a wall against him and keep him out of the paint consistently. So I do think that's something that, you know, Tom Thibodeau would be, uh, great at coming up with, you know, a strategy to to uh to execute that for a little while and maybe sneak, you know, a game or two um, you know, from the Bucks. But I do think it'd be competitive, uh, you know, if that was if that was the uh, you know, first round matchup just for, for how good, you know, the Knicks have been on the defensive end all year. Yeah, I think the defense would be uh, you know issue number one, but I think issue number two
0: would be Randall, you know, bothering, you know, Giannis like I don't even think the Bucks make the playoff. Well, I will not want to say they will make the playoffs if they don't have Giannis on the team. They would be in the play-in. But, yeah, I think they would be pesky. Um, it would be a tough series. I don't know about a sweep. Um, I don't know if the Knicks would get more than a game there. You know, could the Knicks beat Miami? Because there's a really good chance that, you know, they might have to play them um, in a series. I'm guessing you guys probably feel a lot more confident that the Bucs would beat the Knicks. But, Mackenzie, how would you feel if it was a, you know, a Knicks and Heat matchup?
1: It would remind me of my youth. I would love a you know, late 90s defensive war between the Miami Heat and the New York Knicks. I think they could beat them. I think the Bucks are a bad matchup for them with Giannis, but the Heat are, are going to play really good defense in the half court and get a lot of threes up. The Knicks are pretty good at protecting the three, and, and they have guys that can score in the half court like Randall and Derrick Rose. So I, I think that's a decent matchup for them. I'd give them, a, I'd give them a puncher's chance.
0: Yeah, I would kind of feel the same way. How would you feel about that that matchup in
2: particular there, Smooth? Yeah, I think that'll be a, a tougher matchup for the Bucks. You know, the Bucks they're one of my teams I have, you know, reaching the Eastern Conference Finals. But if they were to see the Heat in the first round, um, that could be, you know, a upset based off of seeding. But as far as, you know, knowing what we know about the Heat and just the history, you know, between those two teams going back to last year's playoff matchup, um, it wouldn't be too much of an upset. And, you know, the Heat, you know, they're getting healthy and playing their best basketball at the right time. Uh, I know it was announced, you know, today that Victor Oladipo is going to be out for the season. But even after the trade, when he got to Miami, I don't think he played, you know, more than five games with them. So, you know, the guys that they do have available, you know, they're all getting healthy like Bam, uh, Jimmy Butler, and uh, Dragic and the rest of those guys. So they pretty know how they – they pretty know how they want to play and you know they're just gelling and clicking all at the right time right now so that would be a much more tougher matchup if that was the first round matchup with you know Heat and Bucks
1: I I was talking about a possible series but for some reason between the Heat and the Knicks but you're right that wouldn't be the matchup it'd be Bucks Heat and yeah again I think I think that's the Heat would have a puncher's chance the underdog there what why don't we talk
0: about Atlanta because yeah. You was know, a team that, that nobody has really talked about all year long. They're sitting in the fourth seed right now in the Eastern Conference. I mean, in order to be, you know, a fourth seed, you know, eight and a half games back from Philly who, you know, had a really good season. But, you know, Atlanta, you know, what do we make of that team? You know, could they go and, you know, win, win a series or two maybe? Because I, I don't think we could discount, you know, the fact that they're a fourth seed. So I don't know how you guys feel about Atlanta. That's a team I really haven't thought. You know, I, I really, I, to be honest with you, I thought more about them today, the fact that they were playing the Wizards, and I might have thought about them all year long. But, you know, Smooth, what do you think about Atlanta? Like, you know, what are they doing right? What are they doing wrong? What could they do in the playoffs? You know, what, what kind of team
2: would not want to see them uh, in the first round? Could they move ahead? You know, what do you think? Kind of like in that uh, uh, Wizard situation to where, you know, it was kind of a of two different teams, you know, under Lloyd Pierce then under Nate McMillan, you know, under Lloyd Pierce, they looked like they was headed for, you know, the lottery. I don't think it was a knock on, you know, much Lloyd Pierce. Just think that he just wasn't the right guy or the right voice, you know, in the locker room. But as soon as, you know, Nate McMillan took over, you know, he made some adjustments. He started to see uh, Trey Young play a little bit more disciplined basketball to where he's not, you know, jacking those – coming out, starting the game, jacking those long-range threes when he doesn't have a rhythm and you see him – being more effective and, you know, more more choosy in his spots. And, you know, they've had a top five or better record, you know, under McMillan, um, you know, watching them the last couple of games against the, the Wizards and they pulled out those wins, you know, they you know they seem tough and they seem gritty and, you know, they have one of the better records as, at home as well, especially against the spread. So I do think that, you know, if they were to lock down the fourth seat, um, if they were to play the Knicks, uh, in the first round in the four or five matchup, I think whoever, um, you know, lands in that four C, you know, win that, um, will win that matchup and you know move on to the second round. But I think if they play the Heat, I think that the Heat will beat them. But I think it it could go six or seven games. But I do like what I'm seeing from the Hawks, especially if they uh wind up with home court advantage and people have to come to Atlanta and play with that and play in front of that tough home crowd. Do we even think about? Like, last year, all right, so we're in the bubble. No fans.
0: I mean, that was – it wasn't fun. It wasn't pretty to watch. But, like, what do we make of the playoffs this year? Um, Fans are still going to be limited somewhat. Is there a team that we feel like – let's just, you know, in the Eastern Conference, we'll just stay with the Eastern Conference. Is there a team in the Eastern Conference who, you know, could potentially really benefit from having fans, you know, in their stadium? You know, is there any team like you guys feel like really comfortable, like with, let's just say we, we pick the top 10 teams, like which team, you know, is going to be the maybe the toughest out or have the biggest advantage at home, you know, this particular season? Mackenzie, you want to answer that one first?
1: I think it's New York, New York, New York. I think if there's one uh, happening right now in the NBA across the association, it's happening in Manhattan. There's some sort of rebellion against having a good basketball a championship level basketball like in their me- metropolitan area, so they're like, you know, rising from the streets and you know going over to Madison Square Garden and seems to be a big deal. So as, as that starts to become like, sleep, uh, smooth said before we started recording, you know, five thousand is going to start to sound like ten thousand. So I would say New York, New
2: York. What about you, Smooth? What, do you, what team do you think? I would have to go with the Sixers. You know, they've been, they've had, you know, the best record um, or one of the best records, top three best records as a home team, you know, the last couple of years, you know, dating back to the 2019, 2020 season up until now, um, you know, they bring in doc rivers, who's gotten, you know, those guys, you know, gelling and playing together, you know, really well all year between Joel and B and Ben Simmons, um, rest of the road players, you know, around them are playing really well, you know, adding Seth Curry and Dwight Howard. And, uh, I think a big plus, you know, um, uh, with them, you know, getting you know the one seed and having home court advantage throughout the Eastern Conference is that they would avoid um, the Bucks and the Nets until they reach the uh, Eastern Conference Finals. So they would probably have the easiest path, you know, um, to uh, to the Eastern Conference Finals in front of their home crowd. So it would be, you know, really tough, you know, to go into Philly and you know and beat them on their home home court knowing how well that they've been playing uh, on both ends on the floor, having an elite, you know, defense, and then being, you know, pretty uh, top 10 to better offense at home. So I would go with Philly. What do we make of that team right now? Uh, They played Cleveland on Wednesday night.
0: They got rolled. We know Jalen Brown's out. Kemba Walker right now banged up. I mean, I would have thought for sure Boston would have went ahead and tried to win that game because now they run into – a situation where, you know, if Charlotte knocks a couple wins out, maybe even the Pacers, you know, even even the Wizards with, you know, the way the schedule is remaining. You know, they could end up falling, you know, from the seven seed. They could end up being an 8 or a 9 or a 10. But what do we make of Boston right now? I mean, I'm sure you probably watched that game tonight, Smooth, but how are you feeling about Boston right now? I mean, to go out and lose against the Cavs, that has to raise some type of a red flag. Do they even get in? You know the playoffs. so they get bounced in the playing? You know what are you making that team right now? Are they just deflated or what? Yeah,
2: I, I just I think they're done, man. Uh, just that injury to Jalen Brown being out for the year um, that was just gut wrenching. You know for for Jalen Brown and for the team. You know they've been a team that's been dealing you know with adversity all year. You know injuries, um, COVID, and healthy and and safety protocols guys going in and out of the lineup and trying to find a big and trying to find more scoring they just been it just seems like it's been an uphill battle all year and then they get hit with that um tonight they lose to the Cavs a team that's you know tanking you know trying to you know increase their chances of getting at one of those top slots for a lottery pick and you know that gives them you know four straight losses they're going to be in the play in situation but you know I wouldn't be surprised if they you know ended up losing two straight if they fall as a, you know, seventh or eighth seed and missing the playoffs. And as far as I think they can go is probably, you know, winning one, of you know, winning one of those games and possibly getting swept out of the playoffs in the first round, whether it's by, you know, the Nets or the Sixers, you know, if they fall seventh or eighth. So I just think their season's pretty much done. Uh, they might have to do some some serious uh, evaluations at the end of the season whether it's Brad Stevens coming back, or you know, upgrading at the point guard position for a little bit more dynamic player, a little bit more healthy player, you know, I like Kimball, but you know, he was you know rarely uh, available, you know, dealing with a lot of different injuries. But I just think they're they're done, man. Losing a guy like Jalen Brown is hard to overcome. So I think they're pretty much a wrap for them. What about you, McKenzie? How are you feeling about Boston? I know that you had
0: them you know, pretty high in your power rankings at one particular point. And, you know, I don't disagree with you. They had the squad, they had the coaching. Uh, I felt like they had a decent amount of depth. But, you know, if you're taking a look at Boston right now in their current state, you know, you think that they're in some type of trouble?
1: I think you nailed it. I think deflated is the right word. And they were probably thinking about next season. And that's why I kind of had a hunch that Kevin Love was going to have a big game tonight, because I think Smooth, you nailed it that they do need, you know, uh, impact big. As far as the point guard position, Mar- Marcus Smart, he was one of the players they sat tonight, but the line moved four points. And once Marcus Smart, I heard, was out, I'm like, they're not going to win that game. I think they should actually upgrade Marcus Smart because he's been excellent for them. He's hit big shots, he's been their best defensive player. And a guy like Kemba Walker, he does what Tatum and Jalen Brown do to, you know, some extent. And he doesn't play any defense, so it's. I don't think that formula is working for them. I think they should kind of adopt what the Clippers are doing: get a defensive point guard, and elevate the ha- ball handling ability of their best two players. That's a difficult sell though, because they're paying Kimball Walker like forty million a year. So it's it's a lost season in Boston, but they still have two players under twenty four that are that are excellent. Next year is next year. Add Kevin Love. That's a that's a top four team in the East probably.
0: I don't know about Boston right now. I, I'm looking at their schedule. I'm looking at the losses that they have. And then I'm, look, I'm going back and I'm looking at the wins. I don't see many impressive wins in there. Over like their last 10 games, they beat Phoenix, which is cool. Uh, they beat San Antonio. It took Tatum having 60 in overtime. Beat Charlotte and beat Orlando. But, I mean, they've lost to some bad teams. Cleveland, they lost to the Bulls twice. Lost to OKC. I don't know how you even lose to OKC. Jalen Brown had thirty-nine points in that game. So clearly there's something wrong there. Even with the starting squad that was there. And I get like Kemba was banged up, but you think like, you know, with guys like Smart, guys like Tatum Brown, that they should have done something. I actually like Williams, to center. I think he's gonna be uh I think he's gonna be a good NBA player if he could stay healthy, McKenzie. I, I think he uh, he's probably you know kind of like an Enos Cantor, or a Steven Adams type. I think he could, you know provide maybe like that type of an impact uh, for a team I don't mind him at all Boston man I don't know uh, the fact that they lost to the Bulls twice you know and and Levine wasn't even on the team uh, at that time when he was out I mean it, it that that kind of worries me
1: first I think I think you I think we're onto something I think the Celtics probably they could lose the rest of their games for the season it wouldn't shock me so they could not make the playoffs look out for those odds they're not up right now But Celtics, to miss the playoffs, plus money, that seems like a good bet, plus probably 200 right now.
0: I mean, the matchups that they would have to go up against, I mean, I don't think they want to see Westbrook and Beal uh, in the playoffs if they do have to see those guys. I certainly don't think they want to see a healthy Charlotte team, um, not the way that Rozier's been playing and LaMelo. Like, I don't think they want to see anybody. You know, they are deflated. I mean, they probably had high hopes coming into the season, like, yo, we got a squad. And the fact that they're, you know, sitting in the play-in right now with, you know, one of their best players out, you just even, you got to wonder. And Smoove and I talked about this and I want to talk about, and this is going to be, you know, a play that I have. And it leads into this Bulls game with Toronto. You know, we were talking last night for 15, 20 minutes, Smoove on, you know, how, how does Toronto feel right now? You know, that team has been kind of away from their family for, you know, let's just say like two years. I mean, it has not been an ideal situation going from Toronto down to Tampa Bay uh, playing in a place where they're not familiar. They're not around their family. We're noticing players are, you know, just sitting out for no reason. We don't even know if they're there. Maybe they went back home to try to get Mojo going, this, that, and the other. And you got to wonder with some of these other teams, too. And, and I guess Boston is, is the team I'm kind of, you know, talking about is where are they at? You know, where are they at with a t- as a team right now? Like when you feel like you're not going to win the title and you're stuck in this playing game, I just wonder where you're at. Um mentally like are you just worn out be like you know what uh, we, we're gonna have to win you know all these games and without our best player and it's like we could just you know go and you know close up shop in the next you know week and a half and and it's all over and done with and i wonder if that's the mindset you know of boston right now especially the way that they've been playing their last four games i mean they haven't won a game so i just wonder where their motivation's at but i think the motivation for the bulls actually tomorrow um, will be good, and it goes back to, you know, what we were just talking about, you know, with Toronto. The fact that, look, the season's over. They're eliminated from the playoffs. They're resting Van Fleet, Lowry, Siakam. Like, who are they playing, and why are they playing, guys? Th- that team's ready to go. You know, as Smooth says, it's, you know, it's one, two, three, 2 3 Cancun uh, out the door. They're ready to roll. I see the Bulls tomorrow probably stepping up in a big way because they do have a chance, you know, to go ahead and make the playoffs. They're going to need some help. They're going to have to win out, and they're going to need you know the Wizards to kind of falter here coming down the stretch. I don't foresee that happening. But, look, there is a little bit of hope and a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel, and I don't think if the Bulls thought that they probably couldn't make it, I don't see why they would bring back Levine to have him come back and play three games to get knocked out. So, clearly, I think the motivation's there. I think they want to go ahead and win and go ahead and finish out the season on a good note, and they're going to lay nine points at to Toronto. Obviously, Toronto right now—they're checked out. They, they—all their players are out. So I would actually look at the Bulls tomorrow, probably to boat race Toronto uh, in a game that the Bulls simply need. And then look—it gives them a little bit of hope, you know, going into you know Friday, where you know the Wizards have actually a pretty easy matchup. Which I actually think that that'll be the last day that we're talking about the Bulls, you know, in the playoffs. But just for one day, uh, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to back the Bulls tomorrow. I'm going to lay the points. Uh I feel pretty comfortable just laying the nine points. I think we could probably, you know, alternate bet this. I think there's a chance that Toronto gets smashed in this game. I don't see how they step up and uh and really perform, you know, any any better than what they've been doing and they haven't really looked all that good. So Mackenzie, I'll throw it to you first. How are you feeling maybe about the Bulls, Toronto? You know, how are you feeling about the psyche of of the Raptors right now? You know, the fact that, you know, they're finally gonna get to go home and and kind of just marinate everything that's gone on with them, you know, over the last, you know, year and a half plus. And, you know, all those playmakers that are going to be out, you know, what what are they thinking and, and what what's the team thinking? Just um, why don't you just go ahead and talk about that a little bit.
1: You've got strong agreement for me sleep. They're shopping for, you know, travel bags at this point down there in Florida. I mean, it's, it's been a rough year for them. Kind of like the Celtics far below expectations, like, all of their players played below expectations, maybe except for Fred Van Vliet. I like the Bulls minus nine. I was trying to think of different ways to get at it. I would think of their team total over, but I found out just now a second ago that the long beloved Big Mac, if you score 100 points in the United Center, promotion is over. So no free Big Mac for... They might boat race them anyway, but I'm not sure if it's going to be on the offensive end like I would with that promotion. But maybe I'm looking at right now, minus 11. Uh, or minus ten and a half is plus one fifteen on Fanduel. That's a good bet for me. You know, maybe sprinkle something on something bigger than that. But yeah, get some plus money and and bet bet that they're going to win by a lot.
0: You got to wonder in the player prop market tomorrow if if you know if Chicago does run out and and blow them out. You know if somebody like Levine is is going to be set really high or Vukovic or, or White. You know if those guys are going to be set really high. And this game's over. You know, middle of the third quarter. You know, do they even play these guys? in the fort so
1: right right and you can look at the, the live the live player props to make that calculation sometimes it's a good bet
0: and that's one of the reasons why i really like Fanduel because you can actually you know live bet the player props with you know everything that's going on within the game and, and and take a look and you know there's a lot of good a lot of good bets uh if you're you know able to go ahead and, and live bet the player props what about you smooth hey feeling about you know toronto and the bulls tomorrow laying that hefty number
2: Yeah, I'll make it three for three and agree with you guys. It's a bulls or nothing for me. Uh, Like you already mentioned, you know, Toronto, you know, they're just ready to check out for the rest of this, you know, rest of the season, get it over with. It's, you know, one, two, three Cancun mode. Um, If you notice, those guys kind of look kind of, you know, more energetic on the sideline knowing that they're not playing, you know, cheering their team, you know, cheering their teammates on out there that's, you know, trying to earn some scratch in the league, you know, while they know that, you know, in a few days they get to go home and be around their families and their kids or wives or whoever they're going home to because I think they've been the one team in the league this year, you know, that hasn't been able to, you know, go back home and, you know, be with their family. So um, I think they're looking forward to that. You know, season's done. You know, look at Toronto, the success they've had. Um, They've been, you know, deep runs to the playoffs, you know, Eastern Conference finals, you know, winning the finals, you know, when, when Kawhi was there. Um, you know, this, this is their like, you know, their break year, you know, hit the drawing board in the offseason, see what they can do from there and, and just get these last, you know, few games out of the way, you know, with some some G League guys or some younger guys, you know, see what they can do. So, yeah, it's bulls or nothing.
0: All right. Well, I guess let's talk one more game here. Let's talk about Memphis and, and the Kings. Grizzlies right now, they're going to lay seven points. They're going to be at home against the Kings now. If Memphis wins this game, uh, they're going to end up knocking out. They're going to knock the Kings out too. But I feel like Memphis has a little bit of motivation here. Uh, if they end up, you know, winning this particular game, they're going to move in front of the Warriors for the eight seed. So Memphis has, you know, something to play for. Where they don't have, they won't have to play for two games. I don't know how you guys feel about the Grizzlies in general, but if you look at the Kings, they don't, they don't have an easy schedule. They got to play Memphis like twice. And Memphis is going to be at home for both of those games, so I just wonder what the motivation is here for the Kings. You know, do they have enough to go ahead and take that squad on the road? Uh, you know, without the Aaron Fox, I mean, obviously that team is nowhere near as good as you know what they could be. But I kind of like Memphis tomorrow. I'm thinking about maybe playing them. I think seven is a fair number. I wouldn't be shocked if that number comes up. I don't know who would be, be who would be playing on the Kings tomorrow uh, in any capacity. I just feel like Memphis goes all out. And we've seen what they've done. I mean, smooth the other night, I think you had the Spurs against Memphis. And we didn't expect them to go out and do what they did. And they just they went out and put up a, a crazy amount of points. Like, that's a good squad. And and it looks like Jackson's going to be back in the lineup tomorrow. Uh, Valanchunas is a little bit banged up. But they got players. I mean, they got Brooks. They got, you know, they got guys out there. They got, you know, Valanchunas, as I mentioned, John Morant. Like, that's a good team. If I'm in the Western Conference, that's a team like I don't want to play either. Like I feel like they're similar to like the Knicks, like they're going to they're going to push you in a series. It's not going to be easy. I don't know how you guys feel about Memphis tomorrow, but I would probably go ahead and lay the seven with them. If you guys want to talk about that or talk about, you know, what you see maybe for them in the playoffs, um I could see them, you know, taking out of Denver. I could see them taking out Portland, Dallas. I think they could be trouble. I think they're a good young team who you no, know, in my opinion, they have nothing to lose. I mean, this has been a really good season for that team. Uh, you know, j- based off of what they've done the last couple of years. So, Mackenzie, I'll throw it to you first. Memphis tomorrow, laying the seven. And how would you feel about that team? You know, heading into the playoffs.
1: Yeah, I, I would definitely lean towards the Grizzlies. One thing about them is that they're getting their best player back. Arguably, I mean, last year I was on the Jaron Jackson Jr. fan camp. You know, hardcore. If you just looked at his on-off stats, more than any other player on the team, they succeeded when he was out there. And he's been injured all years, like his second week back. He's like not playing back-to-backs, and he's gingerly coming back. But now he's scoring 15 points a game on the year. If he gets back to 80%, you know, that's a huge upgrade that the market might not be seeing right now. So I would lean towards the Grizzlies for sure.
0: You know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking with a guy like Jackson and a guy like Valentunas. They're going to give a team who really needs to have their inside game running. They're going to upset them, like a team like Denver. If they somehow, you know, can end up squeezing into the playoffs and, and you know, maybe playing like a Denver, and maybe even playing somebody like Dallas, I, they can knock them out. What do you think, Smooth? How are you feeling about Memphis tomorrow, maybe maybe even in the playoffs?
2: Yeah, same, same for me. Grizzlies are past. Just looking at, you know, guys that are going to be out for the Kings and guys that are going to be in for the Grizzlies. Um, Kings are, you know, expected to be without Fox, like we talked about, but also Tyrese Halliburton, who, you know, I've watched quite a bit this year, was playing really well. And even when Fox went out and Halliburton stepped in as a starter, um, he played really well, especially against the Lakers. They went down to L.A. and beat them. And, you know, they played the – I think they played the Wizards really tough too at home. Um, Harrison Barnes, he's likely to be out. Marvin Bagley likely to be out. Um, so, yeah, it'll be, you know, Grizzlies or pass. You know, something I would think about doing as well, you know, is putting a a parlay, you know, a two-team parlay with uh, Chicago and Memphis on the money line maybe and see what those odds look like. So, uh, yeah, it's, there's no way to come back to Kings in this spot. So it'd be Memphis, uh, Memphis or nothing. All right. Well, at least we talked through some stuff here. We got a little bit of
0: stuff ironed out. Uh, obviously, you know, come tomorrow night we'll have – you know, more results and teams that'll be in teams that'll be out. So that'll be interesting, but that's all we got for, uh, for Thursday guys. So Mackenzie Rivers, he's going to go ahead. He's going to look at playing the Timberwolves on the money line. Jay Smooth, he's going to go ahead and look at playing the Knicks. I'm going to go ahead and look at playing the bulls. And I guess we all kind of lean here uh, a little bit to Memphis. So you guys will get all that. And if you guys haven't gone to betting pick up the regular season, just 99 cents. Once the playoffs start, you will have to play $49.99. You'll get all our DFS plays every day, all our player prop plays every day. You guys will get all the articles, uh, McKenzie's power ratings and all his player ratings and all that stuff like that. Uh, Jay Smoove has articles and Dan Rivera and everybody in the whole team uh, at the Betting Predators. So make sure you guys go ahead and take advantage of that. We've been pretty hot. Today was a, a down day for us with our player props and DFS, but we were on a roll there for seven straight days. So we've been making everybody money for $0.99 cents to go ahead and, uh, you know, 50X, you know, the, that, that amount of money uh, over just a week. Uh, you guys shouldn't complain. But uh, with that said, you guys can find me on Twitter, J underscore pregame. You can get McKenzie on Twitter as well, at Mac and Rivers, and Jay Smoove at Smoove underscore 702. And you can find us all on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. With that said, I'd like to wish you guys all the best of luck on your Thursday. Enjoy the games.